الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد اتيناك سمعا من المثاني والقران العظيم صدق الله العظيم most respected ulama ikram fellow students brothers and elders the quran sharif the greatest surah of the quran sharif as nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself has described in one hadith sharif is surah al-fatiha once one sahabi nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam called for him he was busy in his salah sa'id ibn mu'alla radiyallahu ta'ala an in any case he didn't know at that time that when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam calls somebody even if he's in his salah he should immediately respond any case after the salah he came rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked him that why didn't you respond he said that i was busy with my salah so he said haven't you known that when allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam called you should respond immediately so any case he taught him this lesson Then he said to him before you leave the masjid I will teach you the greatest surah of the Quran Sharif. Now he thought in his mind perhaps that the greatest surah it will be a very very lengthy surah also. And before leaving the masjid the surah will be taught any case Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam continued with whatever he was busy with. And then he started leaving the masjid. So the sahabi walked along as they were about to step out he reminded Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that you mentioned you're going to teach me the greatest surah of the Quran Sharif law allimannaka a'zam as-suri min al-Quran so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied to him that this is surah al-fatiha what i had told you i will teach you this is what it is surah al-fatiha is the greatest surah of the Quran Sharif this is sab'ul mathani and al-Quran al-azim these are the seven ayat of the Quran that are repeated repeated in every rakat of every salah and something that every mu'min has to recite because he has to perform his salah and without reciting surah al-fatiha his salah won't be complete so such an important surah which nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has called the greatest surah of the quran sharif which has been made necessary for every muslim to recite repeatedly in the day if you only count the for salah the 17 rakats he will recite 17 times and if you add the sunnatul muakkada etc it come to 32 times a day at least with the wat witr etc 32 times a day every mu'min is reciting and should be reciting the surah at the minimum so this has to be something extremely important so therefore this is very important that we also understand what is the message of suratul fatiha and imbibe that message into our hearts and live that message so in this short time that we have inshallah this discussion of surah al-fatiha in a bit of detail whatever allah taala wills so that we understand what is the message of the surah and we live this message so allah taala commences the surah by saying alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin alhamdulillah all praise is due to allah taala alone bismillah 
those who are familiar with the Arabic language will understand where the word alone came from in this construction. This is ikhtisas for Allah Ta'ala alone. It's for nobody and nothing. Every praise is due to Allah alone. The person is praising the painting of an artist. He cannot, he doesn't perhaps even know who the artist is. He is going on about how wonderful the painting is and how beautifully it has been done and all the colors and whatever else is there in the painting and he is praising the painting for no end. But who is he really praising? Is he praising the painting or the artist? It's obvious the painting can't do anything of itself. The painting is an inanimate object. He is praising the artist. So everything we ourselves and everything around us and this entire universe is all the creation of Allah Ta'ala. And any achievement of anybody is all by the will of Allah Ta'ala alone. So if there's anything that's apparently worthy of being praised in some way, in reality that is not worthy of any praise. The praise is for Allah Ta'ala alone. If a person has truly imbibed this lesson, then this will eliminate any kind of pride. Because pride stems out of this kind of feeling that I have achieved something, I have done something, I am worthy of something, that I comes in the way. When a person is conscious of this, that I am nothing, I have done nothing, I can do nothing. Everything is from Allah Ta'ala. If I apparently have earned something in, with my intelligence, my expertise, where did that ex- intelligence come from? Where did that expertise come from? Had it not been the blessing of Allah Ta'ala, could I have done anything? So this consciousness all the time, that everything is from Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala who is the creator and the sustainer of this entire universe, He alone is worthy of any praise. But if a person apparently is praising someone, something, then that too in reality is for Allah Ta'ala alone. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala who is the Rabbul Alameen, the Rabb of the entire universe, of all the worlds. The worlds, there are various different worlds. The kingdoms, the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, and all the various other creation of Allah wa Ta'ala, whether it is within this world that we know, whether it is beyond this world that we know, whether it is within the universe that has been discovered, or beyond that. And what insan has discovered is perhaps less than a dot in the drop in the entire ocean. And this is something which is he will never be able to fathom. All this Allah Ta'ala alone is the creator. And Allah alone is its Rabb. Rabb is that being that nurtures something from its inception to its completion. Bringing it to perfection and then to its completion. So at every stage Allah alone is the nurturer. Allah has nurtured us, brought us from non-existence. Allah Ta'ala nurtured the child in the womb of the mother. Allah Ta'ala is taking care of all his needs when he has come into this dunya. And he is therefore totally dependent on Allah Ta'ala alone. So Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most beneficent, the most merciful. Rahman and Rahim both are derived from the root of Rahma, which is the compassion and mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Rahman 
denotes the very comprehensive mercy of Allah Ta'ala which every single creation enjoys in this world. Even the most staunch atheist, the person who is totally rejecting and denying Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is allowing him also to breathe. Allah is allowing him to eat, providing him sustenance as well. Out of this mercy of Allah Ta'ala. And then Ar-Rahim is that very intense form of Rahmat which Allah Ta'ala will manifest on the believers on the day of Qiyamah. That they will now be entered into Allah Ta'ala's Jannah. But in any case, we are being reminded that at every moment of our life, we are totally dependent on the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. So we have to be totally reliant on this and therefore turn to Allah Ta'ala. Many a times we try to do things to try and sort out our issues, to try and overcome our challenges, by doing things which are Allah forbid sometimes against the commands of Allah Ta'ala. A person has got a financial crisis, so now he's thinking about the bank manager. What can the bank manager give a person besides give him and help him to acquire the lanat of Allah Ta'ala? Besides bringing him into greater problems and difficulties because now he will put him into an interest transaction which invites the curse of Allah Ta'ala. So instead of solving his issues by gaining the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, he is going into something from the frying pan into the fire. So we are being taught every day in every rakat of every salah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Allah Ta'ala is the most compassionate, most merciful. Turn to Allah Ta'ala in every instance, in every situation. And Allah Ta'ala's mercy is unlimited. If a person sincerely turns to Allah Ta'ala, then he will receive it. He turns in Allah, to Allah Ta'ala in obedience and he begs the help of Allah Ta'ala, the mercy of Allah will come. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. Now this is something to keep remembering and keep bearing in mind that we are reciting this and meant to be reciting it all the time, the whole day. From Fajr Salah and Allah Ta'ala gives somebody tawfiq, they're waking up for tahajjud, from tahajjud salah, right till the person finished his isha and some nawafil thereafter. So even if he's recited only in his salah also, a few dozen times in the day he's recited this surah. And a few dozen times in the day, he is reminding himself, Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. That in dunya, many a times a person thinks, well, I'm too smart, I can get away with anything. And some people try to display how smart they are and then brag over it that I bought him and sold him and he didn't even know what happened, meaning I deceived him, I did him down, I defrauded him, whatever else, and he didn't even know what hit him. And the person feels very elated about his skill in deceiving people. Why? Because he's forgotten Maliki Yawmiddin. He's forgotten that Allah Ta'ala is the master of the day of judgment. And judgment will come. In dunya, a person may apparently seem to get away sometimes. That too is a deception that a person is getting away. This is merely sometimes the respite from Allah Ta'ala. The rope Allah Ta'ala gives a person in the giving him a chance that he will come back. He will realize his folly, understand that this is something that is taking him to destruction. He mustn't continue in that road. Perhaps he will take a U-turn and come back. But sometimes a person misunderstands this respite from Allah Ta'ala and misunderstands this rope and to the extent that he starts pulling this rope so hard he hangs himself with the same rope. 
that he started taking this respite to be that this is what the doors are opening out for me, I can do what I want now. Things that couldn't have been better. Whereas in the Quran Sharif, Allah already describes it. فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Speaking about a nation of the past, Allah says, when they forgot what they were reminded about the commands of Allah Ta'ala, about Akhirat, about all the things regarding Deen, when they forgot everything and they became totally defiant and they turned their backs on the commands of Allah Ta'ala. So what was the response? Allah Ta'ala says, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ we opened out the doors of everything for them. Everything started pouring down. Now when everything started pouring and the person said it couldn't have been better, he thought this is the best time of my life. I've never had it so easy. But when the person got so engrossed in all that and totally forgot Allah says when they became proud over what they suddenly had, then the sudden Azab of Allah Ta'ala came and now the person was totally bewildered what happened, where it came from. How did this happen? So in any case, Allah Ta'ala is reminding us in every rakat of every salah to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. In that Surah Al-Fatiha, Maliki Yawmiddin, that the day of judgment is coming and on that day in dunya a person apparently seems sometimes to own something. Allah Ta'ala has given us some limited ownership in dunya. That a person, okay, he will call it his house, he'll call it his car, he'll say it's his money. In the sense that nobody else has a right to now violate that. But that too is a very, very temporary possession and is a very limited possession. That too there are various limitations in how we can use it and what, what we can do with it. But come the day of Qiyamah, nobody will have any possession of anything. On that day all kingdom and sovereignty will Allah alone and nobody will own anything. Allah is reminding us of that day. And a person will have to stand and account for his deeds. So now every day he's reminding himself repeatedly a few dozen times that Qiyamah is coming. Have I prepared for it? Am I ready for the answering of the questions on the day of Qiyamah? I'll be asked about my life. And out of that entire life, in particular my youth. لا يزال قدم عبد يوم القيامة حتى The person won't move from the spot he's standing on on the day of Qiyamah until he will be asked these four questions his life, his youth, and his wealth, from where he earned it, how he spent it. Both parts he will be asked about. And one ilmihi mada amilafi, his knowledge, how much he practiced according to his knowledge. So have I prepared for that day of Tiamat? If not, I have to make amends now. Allah knows best how much life I have left. Nevertheless, every breath is still a chance from Allah Ta'ala to make sincere tawbah and to come back to him. Then Allah Ta'ala says, That when Allah alone has all these unique qualities, Allah alone is the most merciful, Allah Ta'ala alone is the most compassionate, all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone, Allah alone is Maliki Yawmiddin, then there is nobody and can never be anybody worthy of any ibadat and any worship. You alone do we worship. And then Allah alone is the creator of this universe, Allah alone is the sustainer of this universe and Allah alone has control of every single thing. Ya Allah, you alone do we seek assistance from. On the level of means, the person has some need to ask somebody to help him do something, assist him with some work or whatever the case is. To the extent of means, that is within the limits of Sharia that is permissible. 
But in all that his gaze is to be towards Allah Ta'ala alone. That Allah alone is the one that will assist. One person came to Harun Rashid and he wanted some help. So he wrote some lines on a paper and sent it to him asking for that assistance. He said, look, this is what I want. If you give it to me, in a'ataita fal mu'ti Allah wa anta al-mashkur. If you give it to me, in reality Allah gave it. But I will be, you will be appreciated also. Because this is the teaching of our deen, that you appreciate the means also. Man lam yashkurin nas, lam yashkurin la. So if you give it to me, in reality Allah gave it. But you will be appreciated. Wa in mana'ata fal mani'u huwa Allah wa anta al-ma'zur. If you don't give me, in reality Allah ta'ala withheld it. And you are excused. Because this was the decision of Allah ta'ala. So I am submitting to that. If you give it, Allah gave it actually. But if you do not give it, then Allah Ta'ala is the being that has really withheld it. So in everything, a person starts off begging the help of Allah Ta'ala. He worships Allah Ta'ala alone and he seeks the assistance of Allah Ta'ala alone. That in reality, only Allah can help him. And if anybody apparently seems to help him, that is only because Allah has willed it. And if Allah Ta'ala doesn't will it, then the whole world's people can get together and they can't benefit him in any way. As in the lengthy hadith of Qudsi, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that, Allah Ta'ala says, that if all the humanity get together and try to benefit you with one thing, but if Allah Ta'ala does not will it, they can't do anything for you. So in any case, this is that very important aspect that we have to always bear in mind. Ya Allah, you alone do we seek assistance from. Worship only for Allah Ta'ala. No shirk and no ascribing partners of anyone and anything with Allah Ta'ala in all his attributes as well. And every assistance from Allah Ta'ala alone. sirat al-mustaqeem. Having expressed the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, having expressed the person's total allegiance and loyalty to Allah Ta'ala alone. But now comes his greatest need of life. That more than anything else, more than breathing, he needs and he is in need of Allah Ta'ala's guidance. He is in need of Allah Ta'ala's guidance for his akhirat. He is in need of Allah Ta'ala's guidance for his dunya also. He is in a sirat al-mustaqeem. Allah guide us to the straight path. One is the most basic level of hidayat is iman itself. But then there is no limit to that hidayat. The first level of hidayat is a person has been blessed with iman. And then what we term as tawfiq. The ability for a person to be able to do what is correct. The ability to restrain himself from wrong. This ability which is called tawfiq, this too we are dependent all the time on Allah Ta'ala for this tawfiq. And therefore we are bound to keep asking for this hidayat. Every day, in every rakat, of every salah, this is the dua we cannot do without. A person needs to eat to survive. He needs to drink to survive. He needs to breathe to survive. He doesn't have these things. He can't survive. But this dua is not compulsory in Suratul Fatiha. But what he needs more than all these things is his hidayat. And he needs this tawfiq. And he needs this help from Allah Ta'ala at every step of his life. And therefore this is the dua he cannot do without. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. Ya Allah, guide me to the state path. Many mashayikh and ulama kiram people would come to them and complain about I am deeply involved in this vice and sin and I just can't seem to get out of it. You prescribed one was we are normally very very ardent followers of wadaif but they cannot be anything greater than the Quran Sharif. Without 
negating anything else, but they cannot be anything greater than the Quran Sharif itself. And the wazifa that would be prescribed to them, that sincerely, from the depth of your heart, keep excessively reciting Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqeem with this intention in the heart. That Ya Allah make this recite or grant me the hidayat to be able to do what is right and leave off this wrong that I'm involved in. While walking, while driving, while trying to fall asleep, over and over again, Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqeem with this intention. Ya Allah, I'm caught up in this misuse of the eyes and this terrible sin and such a disgusting act. Ya Allah, I'm caught up in looking at all haram on these devices which have become all instruments of vices. Ya Allah, I'm involved in this act or that wrong or whatever it may be. Somebody, some sins of the tongue, somebody, sins of the eyes, somebody, sins of Allah, forbid, what else? Allah Ta'ala protect us all and save us all and grant us all hidayah. So this is that guidance that we are totally dependent on Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala for this guidance and this tawfiq at every step of our life. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. This is a dua we are being taught to ask. But then Allah Ta'ala himself is defining that what is this sirat al-mustaqeem. Again, in every rakat of every salah, dozens of times a day, we are being reminded that how will we find this sirat al-mustaqeem. Sirat al-Mustaqeem, the straight path, what is the straight path? It's obvious, the straight path can only be the path of the Qur'an Sharif and the Sunnah. The Qur'an and Sunnah is a straight path. They cannot be any other path. And the simple way of expressing this could have been, in the eloquence of the Qur'an Sharif obviously, but Sirat al-Kitabi was Sunnah. Obviously in the eloquence of the Qur'an Sharif it could have been expressed. That was the simple expression that could have been used. That the straight path which is a part of the Quran and Sunnah. But how does Allah Ta'ala define it? Sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim. Ghayri al-maghbubi alayhim wa al-dhalleen. Allah guide me to the path of people. Which people? Not any people. Not anyone and everyone. Not anyone who has some title. Not anyone who might be some YouTube scholar. Not anyone who might just have some lot of quotations that he can quote, but he's far away from the sunnah. He has got no link with the practice of deen. No, sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim. Ya Allah, the path of those whom you have favored. And who are these people? If it was left to our imagination, everybody will have his own definition of who is favored. Mr. Allah Ta'ala has described in another ayat, al-ladheena an'amta alayhim min al-nabiyyin wa-siddiqeen wa-shuhadai wa-salihin. The path of the Anbiya Ali wasalam. The doors of Nubu'at are closed, but the rest of it is open. Siddiqeen, those two pious servants of Allah Ta'ala. The Shuhada and the Salihin. Allah, their path. The path of Rijalullah. Rijalullah will correctly guide us to Kitabullah. They cannot take us to the state path in any other way. They can only take us to the state path to Kitabullah. But they have understood Kitabullah and they will take us to Kitabullah. Sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim ghayri al-maghdubi alayhim wa al-dhalleen Ya Allah, not the path of those whom your anger has fallen upon referring to the Jews that they had the knowledge but the worldly motives the desires of their base selves this deviated them and for the dunya they left their deen behind they fabricated things interpolated their deen and they messed everything up as a result, the azab of Allah came upon them. And Dalin, the Christians, who through their ignorance went astray to the extent that they elevated Isa to godhood. 
Neither of these two. Allah, we want to be on the path of those whom we have favored. The very important lesson in this, we have been given this direction that we will have to follow the guidance of those who are rightly guided. When Rasulullah sent Hazrat Mu'adh to Yemen, he sent him to go and teach the people of Yemen. He could have sent a copy of the Quran Sharif. He could have sent a compilation of his ahadith. But he sent Hazrat Mu'adh and the people were advised to follow him. Hazrat Umar in his time, he sent Hazrat Ammar bin Yasir and Abdullah bin Mas'ud to Kufa. And he sent a letter with them. And he addressed the people of Kufa. That I have sent Ammar bin Yasir as a leader to you, Amira. Wa Abdullah ibn Mas'udin, Wazira wa Mu'allima. I have sent Abdullah bin Mas'ud as a teacher and as an advisor. And then after writing some other advices, he says, that فَتَعَلَّمُوا مِنْهُمَا وَاقْتَدُوا بِهِمَا That therefore you should all, the people I'm addressing now, he says to them, you should learn from them and follow them. Follow them, they will guide you. Just to finish off on one incident, once Hazrat Urwa bin Zubair, rahimahullah, he said to Abdullah bin Abbas, that you have led the people astray. He says, what do you mean I led the people astray? He says that you have given this fatwa regarding some aspect of hajj it was, but the practice of Abu Bakr and Umar is against what fatwa you have given. Abdullah bin Abbas became upset with him. He says, Bihada dalaltum. This is how you fellows have gone astray. Uhaddisukum an Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa tuhaddisuni an Abu Bakr wa Umar. I am narrating the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And you are telling me Abu Bakr said this, Umar said this, Abu Bakr and Umar did this. This is how you fellows went astray. Urwa bin Zubayr rahimahullah, he replied to him and said, Kana that they knew Nabi better than you. And they didn't do something out of their woman fancy. What they did was due to what they learned from Nabi Perhaps you didn't get something yet. Something didn't reach you or reach them. Both of them did something, they got it directly from Nabi What this lesson this teaches us is that in this time and age also we hear these kind of things that what is the right thing to follow? Follow the Quran and Sunnah or follow Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. This is a deception. It is as if to seem that these are two con- contradictory things. That if you are following these great Imams, you are not following the Quran and Sunnah. Whereas they have not guided people to anything but the Quran and Sunnah. And this is in no way any different to what Abdullah bin, uh, Urwa bin Zubayr rahimahullah said to Abdullah bin Abbas that's the same reply here that these personalities who Allah Ta'ala blessed with that deep insight with that great knowledge with that expertise and together with all that with that very high level of taqwa and piety they had that extent of knowledge and insight in the Quran and Sunnah which, which we cannot dream of we will have to learn from them what the message of the Quran and Sunnah is and then we will be rightly guided this surah is the surah that gives us all these lessons. May Allah wa ta'ala enable us to imbibe these lessons in our lives. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.